0: What the hell? I know who you just, are, just... Peter Quill, and I am not some story-eyed wait here to succumb to your your pelvic sorcery! That is not
1: Hello, and welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your host, Jeffrey.
0: And I.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody. Welcome
0: back. Sheesh, what is time?
1: I have lost <laughs> all track of it. <laughs> I have
0: no idea what day it is. <laughs> it's, it's definitely rushing on in. Yeah. Summer is approaching very swiftly. Very. Is it's it's still technically spring, right? Because you know anybody that lives in even, California, like I don't know is,
1: when the when the seasons start or stop. It's
0: been wonky. It's been wonky, wonky, wonky lately, and so I think we're kind of still in this weird groove of like it's going to be scorching hot, and then it's going to be super duper cold for no reason. And yes, and so I think by June it's just going to go full blown summer. I'm sure. Yes. Um, but with summer comes a lot of awesome stuff.
1: Oh yeah. All the
0: blockbuster stuff is coming real quick. Um, but you know, before we start talking about the Marvel ones, um, just a final reminder about our first live official appearance at the natural history museum of Los Angeles County. Um, if anybody checked the link last time with our last episode it wasn't live yet but now it is officially live mm-hmm. you can see our dumb faces on the website it's
1: so stupid <laughs>
0: it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> i even commented on like the when i approved the um the images i was like i was like this podcast doesn't seem really reputable but i i proof of the graphic <laughs> And of course, it's Jeffrey and my dumb face and and our cute little chibis and our amazing logo made by Cody. Um, But yeah, check it out, nhm.org slash First Fridays. And we also have the ticket link in our show notes. So please join us on Friday, June 2nd, um, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pretty great evening. So yeah, come out and join us. But yeah, so speaking of summer blockbusters... Secret Invasion is dropping all over the place. Like, Teasers. I, I didn't, I mean, is the newest one that dropped today just like that camera view and it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. who can you trust yeah. or whatever it's like. What said. if
1: the person you trusted yeah. most wasn't yeah. even human?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I that's, was like,
1: yes, my best friend is a dog.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know mine is a cat
1: we, can we trust these two in this room <laughs> <Exactly>. right now? Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, so so that's really exciting, and yeah, they they almost immediately drop stuff like the minute G- Guardians Volume Three came out. So it's yeah. it's full speed ahead officially, and you know, like uh, with Guardians, like kind of sunsetting their promotional um, time frame because Spider Verse is coming up real quick too. Yes, and you know, Very it's, fast. it's Marvel adjacent more or less at this point. But whoo, so it's like a hundred percent going in that direction. Um, and of course, as well as the Marvels, which we we haven't yet seen more of just yet, but I'm sure the closer we get to June, July, yes. more and more stuff's going to be raining from the sky and it's going to be wild. Um, and speaking of wild, two things that popped up <laughs> just yesterday, mm-hmm. both Loki and Echo um, on Disney Plus have officially been announced with release dates on October 6th for Loki season two. And that's just it beginning streaming which is an interesting thing yeah because they're doing they're making you tune tune in every week whereas echo will be streaming in its entirety on november 29th so i
1: wonder what like, the hmm. decision was for that specifically for echo <laughs> yeah i wonder why i think i feel that, like i know why
0: yeah but i why do you why do you well? Think i
1: just feel like i care about echo i'm, I'm excited to see it yeah but i think from what I've like seen on Twitter, sure. like people are just like, like, why do we need this series? Of course. And it's like, dude, who cares? Enjoy it. I, I a, a yep. lock Cox was, mm-hmm. is amazing. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that, especially like for like, um, yeah. like her journey yeah. in that show. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just cause to, um, just be like, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Like here it is. Mm-hmm. And then
0: it's more of a and supplement. That way they can get like yeah.
1: immediate feedback. Yeah. Um, of the show.
0: Yeah, I think it could. I think it's a lot of that, personally speaking. I do feel it is more of a supplemental series than it is like a you have to watch it to connect A to B to sure, C. Sure, But also, I think it might be a timing issue. Because, you know, like the time frame was supposed to be much sooner than it is dropping now. And yeah. with Daredevil and all that stuff happening. I mean,
1: that's on pause right now, too, because of the, of the strike, strike,
0: which is also unfortunate. So go support the WGA and all that good stuff. But but yeah, it I, I wonder if, if that has anything to do with the subsequent releases. And so they're just like, let's just close out 2023 season with echo and then the new year it's it's full speed ahead yeah um but yeah i guess we'll see i mean i you know things are dropping left and right as far as leaks go um for other things but i've not yet seen anything else from echo for a long time no um because now we're seeing the captain america stuff emerge (laughs) i have seen some stuff yeah i saw a couple things and i was like okay okay um but yeah so so you know i'm still excited still very excited to see that um both of them really and and see where loki goes as far as that storyline goes Mm -hmm. um uh and so again marvel adjacent not necessarily with the mcu but <laughs> On brand for this particular episode, it looks like they've officially pulled Gamora from Avengers Campus, so she is no longer there, mm. which makes me very sad. Just
1: like Thanos did. Just
0: gone. Pulled not, her. You <laughs> suck.
1: We're <laughs> gonna get tired of that. I mean,
0: oh, God, um, But they have replaced her with Mantis, which is really cute. So if you go uh, on the Guardian's social outlets, they've posted a video of Palm and and the actress from Avengers Campus, and they're super cute. um But yeah, I'm I'm kind of sad about Gamora. I wonder if they'll bring back any other character from. <laughs> in that capacity but uh, maybe there'll be
1: a there'll be an atom i
0: that's a lot of face paint but we'll see (laughs) um and so yeah before we roll into this i wanted to show you these awesome things and i'll post these on social because that's what i do but um so i talk about how awesome disney movie insiders is right Uh and so like the framed poster behind you which is the teaser poster for volume three yes but because like i cash in on my points and i do all the little (laughs) quizzes and stuff i accumulated like damn near 8000 points right she does guys yeah i got she them all does. man and so thankfully they dropped a bunch of guardians i got every single guardians thing at least that's like super duper limited or like exclusive yeah and so i wanted to show them to you jeffrey so for i don't know how many points i got this uh <laughs> Um, amazing oh that's really cool ravagers logo guardians logo hat which is super dope
1: that's cool isn't
0: that cool (laughs) yeah and it's like stuff you can't buy yeah and then i got this limited edition keychain Keychain. that is
1: cool too but
0: my favorite thing of all of the things that i've gotten Mm -hmm. is the these things just arrived today by the way and it even says like it's an exclusive, and it says only in theater, So it's not something they're going to sell. It's a promotional item. Oh. And so, this is a like faux leather yeah case. Uh huh. That in inside, if you open it, oh. it's got the emblem of the guardians themselves, and oh it's almost God. like a police badge. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really oh cool. My God. Yeah, it's like metal. Oh. But it's a pin. It's funny enough. That's it's a pin? a pin. That's a pin. There's a whole
1: freaking bad he's trying to get it out out. i got it yeah oh my god there's some weight on this thing isn't
0: it cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah oh yeah yeah you could probably throw it like a ninja star and (laughs) kill somebody (laughs) but yeah some super super cool stuff so if you're if you have seen the films lately and you don't know what disney movie insiders is check it out you get points just for watching movies or buying movies whatever you get free stuff it's awesome And so, that said, oh my gosh, we can roll into this episode. And as always, we are not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. And if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and are sensitive to spoilers, fair warning, this is going to be full of them. And so, very quickly, speaking of Volume 3, we ran a poll on social to see how many people cried (laughs) during the film.
1: I responded to that.
0: (laughs) And would you believe someone had the audacity to vote that they didn't at all? Wow. Soulless creature. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. There's they, no there's no way.
1: They don't deserve nice things. Yeah, I'm no. I'm just kidding. Whoever, not even. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't the, mean
0: <laughs> <laughs> But But nearly 60 people across platforms said that they did and a few times, which tracks because i feel like everybody they got broke i was talking to my coworker
1: <laughs> the other day when i was at the office and he said he watched it and i was like i was like he was like was pre- i was like it was heavy huh he was like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that the subtle nod of i cried i cried bro um yeah so so yeah that I went to go see it a fourth time.
1: Oh my god!
0: I went back for more, like a masochist. <laughs> so I went on Mother's Day because I had on not- Mother's <laughs> Day. <laughs> I know my mom doesn't live here, so I had nothing to do per se, right? But as as much as I could have just stayed home and just not d- done anything sure. or just done something else, I was like, I'm gonna go see a matinee of volume three and i was like i'm good it's fine i've seen it three times what's it gonna do to me and i immediately started (laughs) crying (laughs) like the beginning just the beginning alone i just started crying
1: yeah and then i was i
0: was down all the way through creep until until adam orla comes in yeah so that's like that entire stream of the film i'm Uh like just bawling. That's fair. And then I stopped and then I just, you know, you know how it goes for the rest of the film. The
1: same emotion. Awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just. just Jeff and I were talking about it before we recorded and it was just (laughs) awful. It's so sad. Very. But you know what else is sad is not seeing this character that we're going to talk about today ever again. Ever again. (laughs) She has more than likely met her final stage with the MCU, but that said, today's character study is on the one and only deadliest woman in the galaxy, Woo. Gamora.
1: Gamora.
0: Who is Gamora?
1: My Gamora.
0: My- <laughs> yeah. Ball, balls! Balls! I didn't like how he said that. Like it was like, why are you saying that, Thanos? Why are you my Gamora? Like what? What did what did Peter say? He was like, nope. no. He was like,
1: I got, I got, I got to censor this. He's like, Thanos is like. Gamora, my Gamora, no, bullshit.
0: That's right. (laughs) Oh, Peter Quill. And so Gamora herself created by Jim Starlin. And so uh, if you revisit some of our other episodes with the galactic characters in particular, Jim Starlin is like the man of the hour when it comes to the creation of all of them. And so same goes for Gamora. Uh, who appeared in Strange Tales number 180, cover dated June 1975. And so, of course, in true fashion, um, Jeffrey, I, I wanted to pull the issue out. I do have this one, hard copy, pretty dang good quality um, in my collection, but I forgot to go get it. So, <laughs> do you want to take a stab at the cover price, first and foremost? And it features a character oh, wow. that we're very familiar with now, Warlock.
1: What is that enemy though? It Looks like a. Rept- I don't.
0: I don't remember what this one is called. Looks but- like
1: a reptilian Modok.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> this is first appearance.
0: First appearance of Gamora. Yes.
1: Oh, you and you want me to? Oh, guess
0: first. the cover price. I have. I have yeah, marked you have it out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: What did I say last time? Okay, I think, oh yeah, like one, it was like five cents. And then the last one was like 10 cents. <laughs> and I had guessed 25 cents, but I was like...
0: Yeah, I think this is the Professor X one, yeah. right? <laughs> and this is
1: 1975? Yeah. Inflation, man. Inflation,
0: <laughs> disco era. Can I
1: go... <laughs> I'm gonna go big here. Okay. Can I go 15 cents?
0: 15 cents. You know, that's not bad. It is incorrect. But not bad because the actual cover of uh, the the actual cost of this cover price was twenty-five cents.
1: I'm gonna murder this. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: Wild, right? So it's 1975. 25 centavos. The one
1: time I don't guess twenty-five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, so so this issue, uh despite it being pretty I don't want to say modern at all, but you know, it's it features a character um, that is very popular at the moment. It's not as much as you would think. Um, mm-hmm. The highest on short boxed, I found a CGC nine point six. It's going for nine hundred bucks. Nine point six. Nine point six, yeah, for nine hundred dollars on eBay. Uh, CGC nine point eight for six thousand six hundred. So a point two difference, almost like eight times the amount of on short books. so i'm not sure how or why that happened but there's a difference there I just, um i,
1: I want to meet someone who collects this stuff and like see grade. how much money they've made. invested
0: oh and made
1: invested but then also like mm-hmm. made too yeah because this yeah. is insane like every time i see these numbers for whatever we do yeah whatever character we do i'm like I could pay this.
0: I could pay this. If <laughs> yeah, I had that much. Money, exactly. I would pay this. And some people have doubles, triples, quadruples. That's the wildest part to well, me. how do you
1: know something's going to last this long? Oh,
0: yeah, gosh. it's 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 intense. And then of course, you know, the lowest on the low spectrum, um, Shortbox short box had a CGC 6.5 for 155 bucks. So it's like in fair condition. It's not super great, not super bad, but it's something if you know, just a casual collector yeah. that just loves Gamora. Um, whereas on eBay, same six point five for ninety nine dollars, so less than a hundred bucks you could get it there. Mm-hmm. And then of course loosey Gooseys, they start around fifty bucks. Um, they go upward after that, depending on how great they are. Um, but I will say this on eBay um, in particular, I found something that I've never seen before. At least when looking for the the comic book issues of the characters that we have covered but there was this very special edition of a graded comic of this the strange tales um and it was graded as a susha news pedigree grade of Mm 9.8 and that alone was ten thousand dollars So I had to look it up because I was like, I've never been exposed to this pedigree, pedigree grading before. And so I I found um, on CGC's site, they they note that the pedigree essentially is um, an item that has been graded and it's a collection of exceptional value and quality Mm -hmm. um, graded comics and, and games and whatever have you. And it just receives a pedigree ranking. So oh. it was part of an, a very intense collection of comic books that all were above nine point five or were nearly ten points, uh-huh. who knows? And so it came from that collection. And just because it was in that collection, it's worth ten thousand dollars. So so that's that's a whole new world that I was exposed to. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome actually, but my goodness. Um, so yeah, so you can either get it for 50 or you can get it for 10 grand. Who knows? Um,
1: <laughs> your choice. People.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what is your first exposure to the character?
1: I mean, it is got to be, yeah, it's got to the be film? guardians. I think. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, that's it, right? It has to
1: be. I don't, I don't, I can't think of any other time.
0: Yeah, for me uh
1: So shout out to James Gunn for making the honestly, Guardians uh, a household name.
0: Quite literally too, right? Yeah. Because like, you know, I and we've said this many 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 times like I my friends and I growing up, we were barely exposed to the Guardians of the Galaxy, let alone this version of them, like mm-hmm. the version that everybody knows and loves now. Um but it was really James Gunn and his film that brought them to the level that they are now like you have to yeah. think about it these characters in their time were not necessarily a group of characters that ranked with the they're likes like, of like x-men yeah they're they like were DC just not
1: list characters
0: right absolutely a hundred percent and and so uh it, as a result it was like everybody questioned like why would you hire this dude who's done like slither to to yeah. handle a movie of in this growing universe, yeah, and you're choosing that team.
1: And he's even it's even. Oh wait, no. So I think the story is Feige like approached Gunn, yeah, to be like, like, do you want to do a Marvel film? And yeah. I think Gunn was like, can we do a Guardians film? Mm-hmm. And then you know, kind of hats off to Feige for being like, yeah, go for it. Just, like, <laughs> see, you know, and like obviously they probably did. He probably did the whole pitch and everything. Yeah. Um, but then they were like, all right, yeah. And, yeah
0: and, gar- and and it's worth saying that gun himself seems to be like uh, he favors offbeat characters
1: yeah because he'll make you fall in love with them and right. here we are nine years later
0: <laughs> exactly from
1: the first one yeah and they're just all household names
0: every single one every single, every single one, one which is so bizarre yeah um me uh, i want to say i knew about her because of infinity gauntlet and so I had an idea of who she was. She didn't play like a major role for me when it came to Marvel characters. Um, but yeah, undoubtedly, like I didn't really get to know her until the resurfacing before the movie dropped. So around 2012, 13, that's when when they started to say, oh, Gardens of Galaxy is in the works. I was like, okay, let me figure this out. <laughs> and so um, I bought... I bought the the new series that was released just before the movie mm-hmm. and then I backtracked from there and then I got to, I familiarized myself with the character. And so I know a very modernized version of her, whereas the classic character, like we're going to talk about today, she's definitely like almost, I don't want to say night and day, but she is more reminiscent of the Gamora that we've, we get to know got in it. the final film. Um, and so, you know, as far as, Trading cards go, um, the story is the same with, with her as with many of the characters. I didn't have a physical card, but I do have a digital one. So I looked it up. Um, and this is from my tops digital collection. Hmm. (laughs) Gamora raised by Thanos to kill the Magus. Gamora is a skilled assassin with enhanced physical abilities. She eventually works with Adam Warlock and later teams with the Avengers against Thanos. Gamora also guarded the time gem in the infinity watch
1: time gem
0: yeah so jeffrey just gave me a look like hey it's like a it's like a buzzword right Hmm, time gem so gem yeah right off the right off the bat the time the time gems are the infinity stones yeah of the comics so they changed the word because infinity gems seems Same, uh, okay the, the the tonality and the the con the yeah. context seems a little different so um so, yeah, they, they changed name just very slightly, and um, Gamora was very much more entangled in the gems in the comics than she was in the films. Got it. So, let's take it back a bit, <laughs> and of course, before we get to that, we had... Um, we put out the, the feelers for questions. Of course. Of course, in true form. So many people were so funny. And Anson asked us, why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> like, every single one of you. So we didn't like,
1: get one question about Gamora. We barely. Got, like, that's like, what you're saying, right? Yeah, now.
0: pretty much. We got like one comment and one actual question, but neither of them are actually about the character. Everything else was why is Gamora? Everything else. I mean, can so we blame
1: them. I swear. I know. I was
0: like, I opened it up. I that's that's on me. I did that to myself at this point. Uh, So we'll hopefully answer why is Gamora (laughs) in the next God knows how long this will take us. But so Gamora, the comic book character herself, um, not to be confused with Gamora from the Bible, which is spelled G O M O R R A H. Um, it is a biblical reference, but we'll get to that later in the episode. And so, um, Gamora, she yeah, she's very much a unique character when it comes to the comic books. She's certainly one different from the characters we've covered, um, if only because her original timeline is not of Earth six one six. So it's gonna get a little weird and a little like we're gonna flip around a bit as far as timelines and Earths go. But depending on which origin story you follow, Gamora the character is of Earth seven five two eight or 9223. And so the latter, 9223, seems to be the one that's more accurate. Um, and I literally wrote on my notes, bear with me. Hmm. So um, the overhead, overarching um, you know, idea is, and it is consistently, that Gamora was the last of her species. And so they once occupied this planet named Zen Huberi. And so um, you even... It, I, it very much surprised me because they mention Zihoberé mm-hmm. in Volume 1 on her on her prison screen uh. it's the only time you see it they've never they never say the word throughout the entire series of the films until Volume 3 when Aisha is with is on um, the Orgord planet thing and she's like she's uh she's trying to talk to the Ravager yeah before he's dusted
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah she yeah. goes
0: do you know of a zen named or Zihobere by the name oh, of gomora and I so
1: pick that up yeah it's
0: very quick because you almost don't you're so like i feel like you're so magnetized by the way that she that elizabeth de speaks yeah and that they're like oh they're just shaking this guy down that yeah. you're like you don't even catch it but she says it there and so so yeah they they the the planet's people were dubbed Zenhuberians in the comics and then in the film ze but they both derive of zen and so um they were basically this peaceful planet of people as depicted like infinity war um but a uh an external species, alien race, uh, named the Badoon, invaded the planet and ended up massacring its people. Um, and that more or less leaves Gamora as their sole you know, survivor. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't for a lack of trying. You know, She just happened to cleverly not get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and being small and being a child definitely uh, contributed to that. And so on the original timeline, uh, it was a group called the Universal Church of Truth who exterminated the Zenhu Berries. Does that ring a bell at all for you?
1: The Church of Truth?
0: Universal Church of Truth.
1: I feel like it should, Mm -hmm. but not like right away.
0: I'm going to just say Guardians of the Galaxy, the game.
1: Yes, there it is. That's them. So
0: they, in the comics, were the original massacre. They they were the ones who massacred her Uh. people. And so in the modern time, it was... This race called the Badoon and so um the universal church of truth worshipped a being known as the magus and this person the magus was you know like a legendary tale of sorts where he was a future human being who would inevitably be the end of Thanos and or at least the threat of his thirst for for death and conquering and then conquering death because if we know anything about thanos and we haven't covered thanos yet but it'll be very interesting oh, yeah. oh my
1: god we haven't. because right.
0: yeah because in the comics and i think i mentioned this somewhere before he is obsessed with the the character death in the books mm. and it's it's his partner like she it's a woman and so she's right. he's yes. just obsessed with like pleasing her he wants to kill people so that she's happy <laughs> and that's all he that's all he seeks to do and yeah. so so anyway, the, the the church worshipped the Magus, who was gonna destroy Thanos, who was destroying other people because he's trying to satisfy his lady. <laughs> it's basically how this goes. It's all because of the lady, right? It's power and the it's power and love.
1: It's always a woman. Man. <laughs> it's
0: always a woman, legitimately. <laughs> and so, by the way, the Magus is Adam Warlock's future self. Oh. yeah so he becomes a bad i mean depends what your definition of bad guy is but he becomes an 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 omnipotent person in the future that's strong enough to take down somebody like Thanos. and so anyway current adam Warlock, or at the time the 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 present tense version of him fully unaware that he was going to become this person let alone a deity to this cult (laughs) this church (laughs) cult and so The inevitable defeating of the Magus shifted the timelines. And so this changes course of Gamora's origin a bit depending, like I mentioned. And so um, it resulted in the Badoon massacre instead of the Church of Universal Truth. And Mm. so as a result of all of this, all of this time traveling changing thing, and I, I don't know if it was just like a modernized version that they didn't want to pinpoint those kind of um occurrences on something called the universal church of truth Uh like maybe it's a little too on the nose yeah because you got to think back like 70s cults
1: yeah 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 it it was probably
0: yeah super duper heavy super duper like oh it was it was edgy at the time but look but now if you said that now yeah it's a little different so so yeah so as a result of all this Gamora often recollects things from either timeline um, so they've kind of amalgamated you know both earths for her in a modern sense. and um, and so she herself is a temporal anomaly. And so I thought, you know, That's when hilarious. I was, yeah, when I was going back on this, I was like, dude,
1: that's like... That's
0: what she is in the volume that's three. That's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, yeah. right? So I was like...
1: Is that intentional? I was
0: like, James Gunn, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's intentional. That's the that's the biggest question for me. I
1: think I doubt it because in interviews he said... It
0: had to have been a coincidence, yeah, I right? because
1: I think J- J- Gunn has said that, like, yeah, I didn't want to kill Gamora yeah. in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, But, which I, I get because yeah. he's like, well, damn, you just killed one of my main characters. But Legit. it was also kind of...
0: Weirdly genius, right? And
1: like needed though. In, they needed at for, something. At least for Infinity War.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, but, so, th- but that yeah. is just.
0: Yeah. That's so just, she. Yeah. So it's like she almost never existed, right? Like think of it. She almost never existed. But then there's this version of her out in the galaxy. Yeah. And then Thanos snatched that version of her and was like, we're going to go kill this guy who might kill me. <laughs> and then that whole act Completely changed her origin in the making. And now she is in the main timeline. And it's just, she remembers things differently than the way people tell her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. <Whoa." laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so after the Magus is, is destroyed, she's adopted, you know, by Thanos along the way. And um I mean, that's obviously before she was raised by Thanos, but we'll talk about that um later. But uh she yeah, she steadily earned her title of the deadliest woman in the galaxy under her adoptive father's care. So that's more or less that's her origin. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. It it almost it could get really complicated if you think about it too hard, but yeah. honestly, that's pretty much it. It's like, bad guy, bad guy, woman in the middle. She got stolen from her home, and then... this trauma. 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 It's just trauma. Yeah. I should have just put trauma. Trauma. <laughs> just a lot yeah. of trauma. Um And so, before we get into the MCU version of the character, um, we got a listener comment from Super Fanboy Guy, our devoted DC fan. Um, He says Jessica Cruz from Green Lantern is the DCU's Gamora. Change my mind. I would love to change your mind. I don't think I can. So I I would agree. I guess I know Jeff. You're not familiar with this character. Um, She hasn't been heavily. I don't think she's been in the main DCU yet. No. Yeah. Yeah, but she's in. She's in a lot of the comics, and I think she just got a solo title. Um, not too long ago, uh, but yeah, sure. We will. We will definitely take that as as a word. As fact. That yes. is fact. Thank you, super fanboy guy. Um, so of course, Gamora, portrayed by Zoe Saldana, as well as Ariana Greenblatt as a child, um, for seen in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Last seen in Volume Three. Both directed by James Gunn, featuring music from Tyler Bates and then John Murphy, respectively. Woo! Woo! So yeah, let's talk about Gamora in the films a bit. I you know what I'll say that that could blow your mind. She, I did not like her.
1: You didn't like Zoe?
0: I did not like Gamora. I I was like Team Nebula. Uh I was deep in a Team Nebula. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, the aesthetic. Oh my god, I love her. Oh my god. Thanks, Dad. Like I love Thanks, Dad.
1: <laughs> <fans>. Seems fair.
0: Seems <laughs> fair.
1: <laughs> did, you say, did you see did you see the interview on, on how they got that on how they got that voice and how no on how karen gillen like got that voice no so i think when they were first doing nebula uh-huh. karen said like james gunn gave her direction of oh my god what was it it was like can you do it like this
0: mm-hmm. with a
1: bit of clint eastwood,
0: <gasps> clint eastwood? yeah <laughs> of all things yeah
1: yeah so it's like clint eastwood mixed with this other Thing that I forgot, yeah. but it's like with a bit of Clint Eastwood, and I was like, "Oh, oh that makes sense."
0: That's so funny! <laughs> oh my gosh! Thanks, so that's so makes, that's yeah. That's her Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a Clint Eastwood mix with something else.
0: That's funny. I mean, yeah, considering how her real voice sounds, it's oh, like,
1: I mean, she's Scottish, yes, right? Heavily yeah, Scottish, heavily. <laughs> heavily.
0: Oh, that's into- oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was, I was a, I was a Nebula girl through and through. And then I, I liked Gamora as herself in the film. But when they started to, you know, and I say this a lot, and I always end up eating my own words a lot, too. As they slowly started to, like, kind of introduce the romantic side between she and Peter Quill, mm-hmm. I almost immediately got defensive for both of them right i was like she doesn't need a love interest and i was like him falling for her is stupid and i didn't like any of it and so when volume two came out i was still hard on like i was like nebula by volume two right and then i was like "Ah, here we go it's a whole movie about them falling in love this is dumb (laughs) but then by the end of the film i was like I like them now. And I then sh- like her.
1: And then she dies. <laughs> and
0: then she died. <laughs> I'm so mad. You have to understand all of the characters that I love...
1: Die. They all
0: die. So I'm afraid to let die,
1: her. Die, die,
0: <laughs> so die. I hate it. They always die. So I was like, I can't choose a favorite ever again. They always end up dying. Well, every time
1: you choose a favorite now, that oh, they're going to they die. They always die. die. Yeah.
0: And so I'm like, Fuck.
1: So if you want spoilers, just, just ask Di what her favorite character know, is.
0: Right. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, so I really fell in love with the the character throughout her course, So how much right? do you
1: love Yelena?
0: Oh, miss, Don't do that. I know. I like, and that's what upsets me. I right? was like, oh,
1: thunderbolts is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky, don't
0: die! Don't die! Someone's kill me. gonna die. Uh, it's probably gonna be Bucky. God, Winter uh. Soldier forever. No, don't die. He can't. He's he's not he's not capable. Dang it. He needs a paycheck. Um, so yeah, I I I really loved. I thought she was fantastic at her portrayal, even if I didn't love that character, I was like, she's so good at that character though. And, um, yeah, I just always thought she was like super duper ruthless. She was awesome and just powerful. And I do love the fact that she was like, Oh no, my father is crazy. I'm going to turn on him. Just wait, you know? And she was just waiting for the moment to really release herself from everything that he'd held, um, her to. And so the growth was unexpected for me Mm -hmm. because Like, again, I didn't know that much about her, aside what she explains in the film, that my, mom, my, my father is a mad titan, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. and she's got an insane sister that wants to kill her. And so the way that they kind of introduced her as this really aggressive, like, killing machine, and then softened her up as, like, someone who is just figuring things out, yeah. especially when it comes to caring about other people, let alone loving somebody... And then, like you said, just full on freaking killing her. I was like, oh, my emotions. (laughs) I was like, oh, shoot. So when volume three came out, I was like, I was already prepared for like, oh, this is going to be hard to digest. Because, yeah, you've really like if you want to talk about 10 years of a character's tenure in the MCU. Yeah. And what they go through and how you've kind of gone along with them. Gamora is definitely one of the ones uh, that yeah. is like
1: she goes all like, over she the starts place. Off middle, she goes high, yeah. goes all the way low, all the way low, and then back up high. Yeah, like, yeah. And then Volume Three, yeah, like, she was tenacious. Like you're like, oh, oh yeah. wait, this is not yeah. at all the same Gamora.
0: Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I remember um, when we first saw it, I was like, it almost completely turned me off on her, especially the part when she has the full fledged um when she gets in peter's face when she's just like oh yeah oh, and she's like shrill and she's like screaming at him yeah like i don't know what, what she whatever say?
1: whatever hole you think yeah. i, f- what I filled, yeah like, like in your life
0: why do i need to fill the hole yeah. i can't remember not, i'm not her yeah I'm like, yeah and then she said What did she say? She's like, the team didn't make me like the universe made me galaxy made me or something. And she's about to punch him right there. I was like, I felt my heart drop because I was like, oh, I don't like her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 but I digress. You know, she really came back because you know like we we mentioned in our mini marvel that we just did on volume three Mm -hmm. um she she does you do see the remnants of who she was or who we were first introduced to and how she could have eventually come come across and and had the same sort of path as the Gamora that that perished because you do see her sort of look at Peter different and realize oh they are a family that's really sweet yeah but by this point in that version's time she's already established herself with the Ravagers so yes. they are her version of the Guardians and so um, but I I will die on the hill that the the hallway scene where they just it's just the most fantastic scene Mm -hmm. um to the beastie boys i that gamora is is that's the deadliest woman in the galaxy Uh right there that little sliver boom that's the character and so another funny thing is that when i was making the graphics for this episode I was like, "Oh man!" Even looking at the graphics, right? Mm-hmm. And you look back at Volume One, Gamora and her solo poster. I was like, "Dang, that is the same Gamora that's in Volume Three now." Oh,
1: that's crazy,
0: right? You think about it. You take out Volume Two and in Infinity War and Endgame, and you are like, "Actually, that makes a lot of sense." Yeah. If you just jump from there, and I was like, "Dang, they like she, yeah, she really, she did, really did a fantastic job, and I really loved her." What about you? <laughs>
1: She's. I love Zoe. Yeah. First of all, she's
0: great. Um, she kills it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, as a character, Gamora. Yeah, I loved. I loved her journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, after um Infinity War, you're kind of like, okay, well, how is this gonna play out? I you know? know, and it's like devastating, and yeah. like, now it's like she's not even the same. Yeah. Um, but. In James Gunn fashion. I, I thought it was done really well. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's stories, including hers. It's yeah. like, okay. This yeah. is like the wrap up. Really and tied it together. Yeah, I love I love her.
0: Yeah. And it is kind of wild to think about that. It it's it must be such an undertaking for someone like James to be presented with like, here, you have what is quite essentially the, the lowest of the low teams. And then he built them to the A++ team of the MCU. Yeah. Let's be real. And so much so that they got a ride before anything else like Disneyland. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense, right? That's the craziest part of it. It's like before Spider-Man, before Avengers Campus, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. That's how big they were. And so to then, like you said, have one of your main characters be killed off in a in a... Movie that's out of your hands, like you got to sit in a bit and give some advice. But yeah, that was it, and they got to do whatever the hell they wanted with her. It's kind of like, oh my god, <laughs>
1: yeah, it sucks.
0: <laughs> it sucks, and and of course it changes course for him because I mean he has said many times in his interviews that he's written, he wrote all three volumes ages ago. Yeah, like he has been working with that, but I I imagine. Like, because you know he's a man of technicalities and, and truths that he had to have changed things once the russo brothers were like so i think we're, so we're gonna kill I her. Think he
1: also said that uh, volume three was always going to be the, a rocket story exactly yeah so i think yeah that's always stayed the same but mm-hmm. it is throwing in the wrinkle of okay how do i yeah bring in gamora yeah into this
0: and um and i think i wrote it i was going to bring it up later on but i didn't realize this until um my peter not melnick <laughs> it's like call him mentioned he said to me that he read in an uh, one of the recent interviews that gamora was actually supposed to die in volume two she was going to be the one to sacrifice herself instead of yondu yes I for think peter said he had
1: written like a version yeah
0: of that. and i was like oh my gosh i couldn't even imagine that but yeah so apparently zoe was like ah I'm gonna. I'm kind of done. Done Yeah, because I think.
1: It. Oh, uh, uh, that was. That, oh, that was what he said in the interview yeah. when he first talked to Gamora. Yeah. Or talked to Zoe. Yeah. She only wanted to play this character for for a, a limited amount time. Of years. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Um. But yeah, we got a full run from her, and I'd say she did uh, yeah. fairly it's well. Which is kind of crazy. like Yeah, we're
1: never gonna see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Her never. as
1: Gamora ever it's ever again. So
0: crazy to me. Sorry,
1: though. fanboys. <laughs>
0: and me i'm fine with that <laughs> <laughs> no i'm fine with like it I'm as well because i think i think again like james did a fantastic job tying it up yeah like it was a satisfying like peter said he said sad but satisfying and i said yeah you know what perfect it is it's very true like i'm sad i'll never see her again but she went off pretty damn well yeah um are you ready for your one and only pop quiz
1: nope because <laughs> i never get these
0: uh, i think you'll get this one so Oh, did I put volume 3? <laughs> okay, I meant volume 1. So what number film is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 in the MCU, MCU timeline release, not not Yeah. You're
1: going to make me do this, huh? Oh yeah,
0: you're going to do it and you're going to do it and it's going to impress the hell out of everybody. What
1: number? What
0: number release, not in chronological order, release
1: of mcu of mcu so like obviously iron man was the first correct one. okay
0: yeah so where where oh, okay. is where is <laughs> so you're Garden-
1: gonna make me because <laughs> okay. i know you
0: can do it <laughs> okay all right guys all right here we go
1: so Guardians of the galaxy one correct volume one mm-hmm. came out in 2014 okay it, it was a summer <laughs> flick it was a summer flick yes. yes it was a may yeah may june flick i think yes
0: it was in April 27th. So,
1: okay, right before the, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah, just before. Beginning of the summer runs. Yeah,
0: but 2014 is the year.
1: 2014 was, the, was there a beginning of the year flick? I don't think so because they didn't start doing beginning of the year <laughs> flicks until Black Panther <laughs> in February. <laughs> Jeez. So Guardians came out summer 2014. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 1, tw- 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some oh, right.
0: Too- you have this mathematical, like... Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have a, an actual equation now. And I
1: think Iron Man was the only film released in 09. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't know how it was going to do. And then we go to two, 2010, I think. Did we get Iron Man 2 in 2010? We did get Iron Man 2 in 2010. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so then there's only probably like... Oh, that's crazy! Because then Thor, Thor, and Captain America were 2011, so we weren't getting multiple MCU movies like first two years.
0: Wasn't Iron Man one 2008? Is it
1: 2008? Yeah. Pain.
0: <laughs> Just add a couple.
1: Okay. So, oh, so it was Iron Man. Iron Man two came out 2010. Okay. 100. There you go. See, this is where it gets.
0: <laughs> Come on, Jeff.
1: Look, I gotta. <sighs> You got to come because, okay, okay, okay,
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Okay.
1: Winter Soldier came in 2014. Ooh, was that before <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? Ooh. <laughs> now I'm like, was there like another obscure? Oh my God. <laughs> did, they, did they go from straight out Cap Thor? Iron Man and then the Guardians in 2014.
0: It was pretty. That's a jump. It was pretty barren.
1: That's a jump Mm because there's no like Doctor Strange, there's no like other characters that Mm -mm. you may have known. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So I'm just going to throw out there Mm -hmm. Guardians Volume 1 was number nine. Let's go nine. Screw Mm -hmm. it. Let's just go nine. I don't care. (laughs) I care. But uh, I don't want to take too much time with this podcast. Okay, it's Lizzie. me just thinking. Right,
0: let me just double check. One, two, three, four, five,
1: 10. Actually, 10. I'm saying 10. Sorry. Let's just go with even number 10. And that will be. Oh,
0: okay. Here we go. Okay. All here right. we go, Jeff. Here we go. Here's the final, final statement Iron Man 1, 2008, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, the Avengers, Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Thor Dark World, mm-hmm. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number so. 10. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Well done! Yes! Well done! But that's crazy, right? Think yeah. of that. You had all these really top tier, universally known characters for a good solid six years. And then here they come guardians of the galaxy is coming out 2014 and everyone's that's like
1: "Crazy!" Who?
0: <laughs> yeah and so they they really did change the course and kind of level up the mcu that was already especially coming down from the winter soldier like wow. holy smokes and then they pivoted to guardians that's that's something else let me tell you that yeah. is not easy so, so, yeah, well done. Well done, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> See, I told you you could do it. You have the bearing of a man of honor. Um, so, powers and paraphernalia when it comes to Gamora. Um, honestly, like I said to you before the show, before we started recording, very, like, straight up and down. Mm-hmm. Same across the board between comics and the movies. Um, and so, we don't get as much detail when it comes to the MCU, but... In the comics, she has artificially enhanced um, physiology. So, of course, thanks to Thanos' gifts, quote-unquote, Gamora has a number of useful enhancements which have resulted in, but not limited to, enhanced strength, speed, stamina, agility, reflexes, and durability, as well as regenerative healing factor. Ooh! So that aspect of course is something that people are like well then why didn't she die in vormir and it's like well you have to think it's like a four thousand foot drop mm, I mean, like yeah. it's, it's just, she can't The people can't survive that yeah kind of thing. let's just be honest and so um in the comics she is also an accomplished athlete with strengths in gymnastics hand-hand combat as well as stealth techniques and of course is a master martial artist assassin weapons master expert marksman master tactician and strategist and acrobat um yeah so same same with the mcu um they don't obviously harp on all of those things as much but you can see it in the way she moves the way that they escape the kiln like she's clearly amazing in hand-to-hand combat oh yeah um she can take multiple um adversaries at a time and she's very, very tactful with the way she does things. In volume two, you could see she's very agile and she can leap and bound um pretty long distances. Um and yeah, in volume three, you really see her come to, you know, her truest form when she slices that Chewbacca octopus thing in half <laughs> with her blade. Um and yeah, she's she's badass. What can we say? And so, um, yeah, definitely my favorite. And I think most representational version of the character in both aspects is that hallway scene. I'll, I'll, again, I'll die on that hill. Um, and so beyond all that, she doesn't have any actual, like, she doesn't have any powers, so to speak, but there's a fun fact, uh, and known sort of, um, quirk that she and Thanos shared, like, uh, a rapport a mm. rapport so like when they were when they actually spent time together after he had raised her they kind of forged telepathic links so he always knew what she was up to in a weird way uh. and i feel like they played upon that a bit in infinity war um especially when they're re- like reunited and he's got her um on titan and all that scary stuff Mm. (laughs) but i think they do play a little bit on it and whether again whether or not that's intentional or if it's kind of a callback to the comics not sure but it kind of tracks with me um and so aesthetic uh i didn't go into detail too much but you can see this on our doc jeff yeah when you first meet her (laughs) that's insane her suit is it's not a suit at all it's just a It's a fleshy fishnet thing that just goes over her skin. And so I would assume that that is entirely see-through. And so it's just a a dark green mesh that goes over her her already green flesh. Um, She's got like a black fur um, cape of sorts. And she wears a well-positioned brooch over her lady bits. (laughs) So she was very much... You know, easily said, if you look at the first three alone, very very sexualized, um, in the comics when it came to her aesthetic. Um but that was part of the charm, right? Like she could she could woo you, but yeah.
1: I mean she also you, like murder you. Yeah, she will
0: <laughs> quite literally murder you, um, if you even look at her the wrong way. Um and yeah, she did have a phase where like the black of her outfit was was imbued with like cosmic power or cosmic, I don't know, reflection, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the more modern books that they introduced just a full fledged suit for her, um, which is more tactical and battle ready. And it does have the colors that we now know, which are the maroon and blue, um, which is definitely a more modern take. Uh, you know, she dons the colors and it clashes with her a bit. Funny enough, like Drex says, red clashes with him in volume three. Yeah. But um, it definitely suits the character. I feel I like I like the cosmic look on her and but I like her more modern outfits. There is even one that um, resembles the movie one a bit, a little bit. I mean, she's kind of got a midriff still, but... The cut of it is very interesting. And she also had a cape, like an actual hooded cape. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just the coolest look for her. Um, And I was always hoping to see it in the films, but, you know, I'll never get that now, so it's okay. (laughs) But um, you will see the last suit that I have on our dock. Um, It's a white, black, and red suit. That one is, I think, most reminiscent in the video game. And so that's the more, like, angled, sort of broad-shouldered, soldier look that she has in the video games which is really cool um very space-like if you will and of course you know paraphernalia isn't so much other than you know blades swords space guns and 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 the like but the god slayer is a major player and it's it does what it says let's just say that (laughs) and so that's her most well-known blade um yeah that she she has throughout both the film and the comics um And so, yeah, let's just roll into family, friends, and affiliations. So, oh, boy. Um, The Guardians of the Galaxy is an easy one. Um, Her relationships with the comic book counterparts of the Guardians um, has its differences and similarities to the films. Um, They did foster relationships and some dynamics are better than others um, between the two, but... um, there's a character in the comics that I wanted to briefly talk about, um, that Gamora is is more or less best friends with, and her name is Angela. But the funny thing about Angela is, and let me tell you, like this character is primed for the MCU, but whether or not they'll actually debut her is kind of I I, I personally am not sure if they could drop her in just anywhere. Yeah. Because um, the funny thing about this character is that she was a character that originally came from Image Comics. Mm. And do you know Spawn? Yeah. She's from the Spawn world. Oh shoot. Yeah, and so she was created by Comic Book Legends and Rivals, <laughs> Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane. And so those are two very prominent people in the world of comics. Um for their respective reasons, and Neil Gaiman is very well known for Sandman, for instance, and then Todd McFarlane is known for for Spawn. And so um, they, they created this character who's very statuesque. She's very warrior looking. She's like 90% naked, but that's <laughs> the 90s for you. And, um, but her tenure under image, um, <laughs> they kind of had a falling out of sorts. Got it. And so Todd McFarlane was like, I don't want to give Neil Gaiman money for what he wrote how he created her like they had a creator spat let's just Uh say that okay and so anyway neil gaiman ultimately i think he bought the rights from um todd mcfarlane oh no sorry marvel purchased the rights from neil gaiman who got Mm. them from todd mcfarlane eventually okay and so by 2013, Marvel had acquired this character fully; like she was officially theirs, and they made her Asgardian. They changed it up a bit, wow, and they added her to that realm. And so, there are, you know, the Guardians intermingle again with all of the characters that we already know in some capacity. And Asgardians are in and out for obvious reasons because they are of space, and and all that good stuff. And so, so Angela and Gamora get along very well in the comics, and they're both. These heavy-handed warrior women um, that simply don't take anybody's BS, and so um, I was really, you know, I I would love to see that character in in the films. Whether or not they'll ever have her, who knows? Maybe she'll be the, you know, the new presence of Thor.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that she'll be the she'll fill the hole that Thor were, will inevitably leave behind. Um, but who knows? If they need more space people, she's definitely a great candidate. Um, but of course, you know the gardens of the galaxy in the films um, portrayed by Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Clement Clementeif, Michael Rooker, and Sean Gunn. Um, yeah, you know, so the roster changes left and right in um, the comics, but they have had most of the team that we see in the in in the films. At least the 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 Fab Five, you know, Yondu and Kraglin were not really. And Nebula were not really part of the comic book versions at all. Um, they just really capitalized on those big five. Um, but yeah, I mean, what more is there to say <laughs> about their their overall dynamic other than um, what ha- we've already said? Even in our mini Marvels, that um, you know they become her chosen family um, for for different reasons, even though she hated them all for different reasons, but um they they become that chosen family that is so well replicated in the films um and yeah they do have a bit of that in the comics as well um someone we did want to mention on the side was nebula of course um and i you know i i when i was doing this homework i was just like i just feel like they're just too similar (laughs) There's not that much difference between um, both versions, at least in the comics and the films, because the relationship is incredibly similar. Um, they're deadly against one another. You know, they they in the comics it's much more brutal. Like they do, cut into each other with blades, and they they punch each other full force, and they knock each other's teeth out. But um, they they've definitely historically been physically abusive and wildly competitive. You know, like I feel. Um, Both versions in the comic are much more deadly Mm -hmm. than they are represented in the films. And and that's probably for a number of reasons. Um, uh, You know, PG-13 being one of them. But but yeah, I think other than that, they're pretty darn similar. Um, And funny enough, during Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet... um, storyline nebula is the one to think, and i think i mentioned this in, in a while back that she actually gets the gauntlet in the comics mm-hmm. and so after thanos has already destroyed half of the universe yeah she revives them so in a way she saved gamora's life because gamora had died by that point so um yeah she has some redeeming qualities in the comics um even though she is she is not quite her sister um so of course nebula portrayed by karen gillen <laughs> I didn't write anything in our notes except for I wanted a sister. (laughs) Because that's all all it is. That's all that it was really. Um, And and also the the ownership of herself and um, to prove that she was worthy. Right. Um, So yeah. What did you like about Gamora and Nebula? If anything.
1: (laughs) I mean, I love that arc in general. Yeah. Like stemming from Volume one, all the way to Volume three, it's kind of it's kind of incredible, yeah. Right? Um, how it's kind of developed, yeah. So, I loved where it ended up, and they actually were, now they're close.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that they that people overlook, right? They're just like, why are they grunting at each other? But it's like, actually, if you think about it, that that simple gesture to one another is like it underscores the fact that they have found a camaraderie that they are sisters mm-hmm. and she even says, and, and, and again, it's one of those throwaway lines, you know, after the Peter Quill incident and, and Gamora says, I'm family and Nebula says, and so is he, Yeah, you know, and that's like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Huge. Yeah. And so that's, it's very interesting that, yeah, that, that they have established that very, very um, sharply um, throughout the course of their, their storyline, but definitely in volume three and they came a long way. Um, and of course, stemming from the infinity war, uh, interactions, I feel like those ones are overlooked quite a bit because, you know, um, I feel like Gamora overall was just, everybody was so focused on the fact that black widow was killed off in end game that they didn't even think back to Gamora's sacrifice in the first film mm-hmm. and, and how, when they did go back in time and the whole nebula switch out um was so impactful, I think, to that character and, and even then, you know, that they were like Gamora says to her, like in the future, what happens to us? Yeah. And she's like, we become friends. Sisters. <laughs> <Yeah>. she <laughs> And yeah, and, and, and a lot of that plays into, of course, how, how they f- they get along in the future, which was volume three. Um so yeah, it they're they're definitely not like in that sort of place in the books at all i don't remember where nebula last was but um she did have a a solo title a, a year or two ago which was pretty great um you know just really giving her her own voice and and setting her apart from just being gamora's sister and thanos's sad daughter yeah um but yeah i think they they they're very well represented in the films in a lovable sense and Who knows if we'll see Nebula again or in some fashion. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I know she wants to play her some more, but whether or not she'll actually get to is another story. Yeah. Touch me and the only thing you're going to feel is a broken jaw. Um, so when it comes to notable adversaries, uh, like many of these characters, um especially with Gamora being galaxy adjacent, she has a lot of foes in the galaxy. However, honorable mentions go to Annihilus, Ultron, strangely enough, hmm. uh, this thing called the Cancerverse. It's, it's yeah, it's, it is what it is. It is what it sounds like. And even Jason of Spartax who, mm. if you remember, is Peter Quill's biological father. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but uh, there are a couple that I wanted to call out as well as the ones that we do meet in the MCU, um, starting with, of course, the Universal Church of Truth in the comics. Um, as previously mentioned, again, the church was instrumental in Thanos' lust for power and death, and they worshipped the Magus and the future doppelganger um, of Evil Adam Warlock. And so um, we don't have an MCU counterpart. However, like I mentioned, there is a video game version of the Universal Church of Truth. Um, and they made a very impressionable debut in the gaming universe with that storyline. Um, they not only introduced the Magus as well, who is Warlock in the game, yeah. but they also introduced the Matriarch. Who they amalgamated. So the matriarch, we won't go down this path too, too long, but the matriarch is an existing character in the, in the Marvel Comics universe. Mm-hmm. In the game, they changed it to Nikki Gold, who is also a comic book character from the Guardians as well. Yes. So... So that whole thing, it is interesting. They do touch on not only Nebula and Gamora's story, but the warlock aspect. Um, so I don't think we'll ever see that in <laughs> in the uh, MCU proper. Um, whereas there are the Badoon. And so in the comics, they're reptilian species that conquered Earth in the 31st century which ultimately led to the creation of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and so I wanted to mention this because this throws back to the MCU as well. So the very, very, very first original Guardians of the Galaxy team consisted of members Vance Astro, Martinex Tanaga. Does Martinex ring a bell at all?
1: Kind of.
0: And so that is the, he's more prominent, meh, he is prominent in volume two and three. Uh huh. He has more speaking lines in three, but he is that crystal person.
1: Uh. That is
0: Martin X. And so that he is played by Michael Rosen, Rosenbaum. Rosen. Oh, uh,
1: that's who he's played. Yeah,
0: by. that's Rosie. So um, Martin X Captain Charlie 27. Charlie 27 is the key word, so to speak. And he appears at the end of volume two and he is played by Ving Rhames. Oh. fare thee well yondu odonta or whatever he yeah. says yeah that's that's captain charlie 27 and then of course speaking of yondu odonta played by michael rooker so those four one two three four those four characters were the original Guardians of the galaxy mm. and so that's why james gunn was like i'm gonna pay homage to the originals and put them in that last scene from volume two got it yeah and so um so anyway back to the badoon um so while again there's no formal counterpart for the badoon in the mcu uh they were apparently intended to show up in thor dark world and Mm. so you know how those weird looking those ninja turtle looking things are
1: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah.
0: so those um they they were uh supposed to be badoon instead of sakarians in in Guardians volume 1 hmm. and so it, i guess it was a rights issue so that's the whole fox thing fox had that's like fair. they had the rights to to these badoon people how do
1: people even keep track of this so
0: <laughs> bizarre right i was like oh my goodness of all character rights the badoon f- were owned by fox and so so yeah so james gunn apparently also wanted to have the badoon in volume 1 but couldn't get the rights just like thor dark world and he had to replace those characters with the sicarians which are those listen to me you ugly ninja turtle no what does he say that's right (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's get your hands off me you giant ninja turtle um those were supposed to be badoom but they're sicarians um so yeah we have not seen them yet maybe we will in the future in some galactic form i bet probably the marvels at some point um but someone we do see in the films uh who is also in the comic books uh is ronan the accuser and so Mm -hmm. he's not a primary adversary by any means um and like we've said many times before uh, they don't even have a direct correlation like many of the other heroes and adversaries do um these two they more or less collided when uh like when when you know storylines happen and they just happen to be in the same place, <laughs> but they did, however, butt heads in an arc by the name of Annihilation, and so uh, Annihilation was spearheaded by the the villain I previously mentioned, Annihilus, and um, and he had this army uh, from the Negative Zone, which is you know that's oh God, I, I don't even want to go into it. <laughs> it's, so, it's so dense, um, but so so. Uh, Ronan and Korath, yes, that Korath, um, the Pursuer, uh, they squared off against members of this group called Gamora's Graces. And so it's a very short-lived team that consisted of uh, Ceres, um, Nebula, a character named Stellaris, Spirit, and a character named Tana And so these were basically like Charlie's Angels in a weird way, sure. But for Gamora, right? They they're, they worked with Gamora, and so anyway, the Gamora's team battled with Ronan, and that's really the extent of interaction that they have in the comics. Um, whereas, of course, in the MCU, Ronan the Accuser, portrayed by Lee Pace, my goodness. Amazing character actor in his own right. Um, and as we see from Volume 1, both Nebula and Gamora seemingly res- um, sided with Ronin, but they were only there to intercept the Power Stone at the time, um, per Thanos' order. Um, but yeah, other than that, they didn't... Uh, you know, after after Volume 1, they just kind of never collided again, I guess. Um, and, and of course, the Ronin we see is past tense, so in Captain Marvel and such. So uh, they weren't present at the time. But yeah, not nothing much there as far as overlap. Um, same goes for Ego, actually. So um, in the comics, while Gamora has a few run-ins with Ronan, she's had even less with Ego, um, who, of course, in the MCU is portrayed by Kurt Russell. And, you know, not much to say on him at the moment, but, you know, he was Peter Quill's and Mantis's biological father and... Um, he was a planet and killer of hopes and dreams and Peter's mom. (laughs) And yeah, there's not much to say about ego. That's about it. But someone we could talk about at fuller length, of course, is Thanos. Um, in the comics, there's not too much more to expand on given how we started at the top of the show, but... Thanos, like many adversaries in general, is a constant thorn in Gamora's side, recurring when least expected. And their dynamic is, I mean, I'd say the film's nailed it. Uh, You know, Gamora more or less loathes Thanos Mm -hmm. uh, in her own way, but she also has him to thank for her endurance and her strength and her abilities, um, both physically and also, you know, emotionally and mentally. She's, She's actually quite quite a brick wall but um that's because thanos pretty much bred her to be that way um and in the books so you know after she realizes after meeting warlock um to begin with that thanos his his ambition and tyranny on the you know they were absolutely the wrong side of history she realized like no we really are the bad guys and i don't want to be a bad guy um, so that that more or less empowers Gamora to go rogue, very much like she does in the film. You know, when she goes and and does work for for Ronin at, at the end of the day, um, it's all because it's it's her plan to to thwart Thanos. Yeah, and so she does that in the comics as well. But of course, in the comics, the you know that changed with Infinity Wars, uh, which I think I mentioned in our Star Lord episode. Um. So what happens is that Gamora more or less has this fixation for the Infinity Stones for herself. And um, she killed, she not only killed, but she beheaded Thanos in the comics adopting the namesake requiem which is pretty badass actually (laughs) (laughs) her suit was very interesting she did have again this this like hooded cape and she wore this like face goggle thing i guess i didn't put it in aesthetics but she wore this face goggle thing Mm -hmm. mask that you couldn't even tell was her and the suit was so bulky it almost came across that she could have been a male um figure but yeah she went on this killing spree in <laughs> yeah. infinity wars and then she she then with the stone she got the stones and with the time stone folded time on top of itself and she created this thing called warp world and so um they had to you know they had to undo all of that and of course when all was said and done she was thankfully defeated <laughs> but they didn't like do away with her she just returned back to the guardians of the galaxy and she just realized okay yeah i shouldn't have done that my bad (laughs) they get on with their lives um and uh but of course thanos primarily portrayed by josh brolin uh we all know what happened there uh he came to zen huberi he he killed or neutralized half of the planet uh unfortunately gamora's family was part of that and then he took gamora for himself yikes along with nebula i'd like to see a baby nebula though why didn't they show a baby nebula <laughs> so cute but she she would have looked very different too 100 percent, she would have been all blue because the purple like the the other nuances again those those were all added by him you know after the fact but she would have been blue and she would have had black hair she had Oof. black hair in the comments yeah. yeah um and then blonde and what if if you want to follow yeah, that yeah. um but yeah you know Again, same thing. She wanted to overthrow her father and end his conquest for power. And then he threw off a freaking mountain for the soul stone. Like a jerk. I agree. God.
1: It's kind of messed up.
0: It's very (laughs) messed up. Like the fact that he even still kind of cried about it. I was like, shut up. You don't mean it. You don't mean it. You
1: just wanted the stone, Uh, man. I know.
0: You (sighs) freaking. So yeah, that's it as far as adversaries go. Um... And, you know, like in the third film, I mean, they do go against uh, the high evolutionary, yeah, which is a, another thing entirely. But, you know, he I think just he skews very much in Rockets territory. And so we've talked about him a little bit um, in, in in our Rocket Raccoon um, character study. But, but yeah, that's more or less her her big baddies um, across both boards. What do you do with it?
1: Do nothing. You listen to it. Or you can dance.
0: I'm a warrior and an assassin. I do not dance. Um, and then, you know, for love interests, it's almost a little more, uh, it, it's got a little more meat to it for different reasons. But, um, you know, Gamora's had her fair share. Uh, of flings and and romances, if you will, including that notorious one-nighter that she had with Tony Stark in the comics, which is really oh, funny. That's, yeah,
1: because it's just <laughs>
0: like it's it's so funny because once you see the panel, you can't unsee it, and it's not for the reasons that you think, but it's because he's literally in bed with her. She's like kind of bored. You kind of get the idea. She's bored, and she's in her underwear, and he's clearly like naked under the under the blankets, and she's yeah. just like i'm gonna go get a drink okay and he's like yeah 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 cool and she gets up she leaves and the minute she leaves and he she's out of the room he just goes ow <laughs> Just like god what did he, what'd she do to him but anyway um the the more or less uh, notable romances that gamora has in the comic books do include peter quill but not nearly to the extent of what we have seen on film and so you can of course um revisit the character study from episode 17 um all about peter quill and star lord um but the two in the comics didn't have any true romantic linkage until super duper recently um and even then, no true inclinations occurred until the MCU lineup. So it's one of those things, again, like like I said before, you know, the team itself has changed over the last few decades, right? It's, yeah. it's been very different characters. But it wasn't the same lineup as the one in the MCU until the 2010s. And so it wasn't until then also that they even introduced the fact that, hey, what about Peter Quill and Gamora as a concept and so, um, nothing really, really, really happened until, uh, the last couple of years of comic books, believe it or not. So it took a good 10 years for them to even actually have something. Um, and even then it's still kind of like at a standstill, it doesn't really, uh, grow in the ways that it could. Um, and, and I believe it's all but abandoned at this point. Um, but yeah, they, they. They, uh, you know, some liberties from the MCU. Gamora is applied in the books, and so there's a little bit there. Um, and of course, again, Peter Quill, Star Lord in the MCU, portrayed by Chris Pratt. And in my notes, because I knew I was just gonna say the same thing I've said in our mini Marvel, I just went wah with a sad face. <laughs> Because I didn't like them, then I fell in love with them, and then
1: Now they don't exist.
0: Now they don't exist. <laughs> they didn't, they, they're done. I said I said to someone, I was like, Can you believe that the MCU granted us one of the best perhaps one of the best couples that they've had in their universe? Period. Yeah. Took it away from us, and then we're left with couples like Scott Lang. <laughs> And Hope Fendine to lead the charge. It's like, okay, well, maybe that's what makes it so good is that it doesn't exist. It's not forever. (laughs) Um, The ephemeral form. Um, And then another interesting notable is, and I've said this before, Adam Warlock. So Yeah, so if you will, imagine, entertain me, instead of seeing Adam Warlock and Gamora fighting with each other over... You know, a gutted badger and a tiny furry blurp. Uh, imagine them in an actual relationship. It's kind of bizarre. That's insane. So while this uh, relationship in the comics was very much a past tense, thing uh it emerged between storylines uh infinity gauntlet and infinity watch both of which i feel contributed a lot to the infinity war um film we now know Um, and so you know as you can imagine the infinity gems or the stones were involved and after thanos killed Gamora. um it was it was Warlock who used his soul gem. So I've mentioned this before. Yeah. He has possession of the soul gem in the comics, or at least did, and so he used his power to absorb Gamora's last remaining life force um, before she was completely like. I don't want to say dusted because she wasn't really dusted in the comics, mm-hmm. but the equivalent of dusted. And then he tra- he transported her to Soul World. And so I said this in our mini Marvel, where I was like, when I had my first assumptions of like, oh my god, they killed her in, in Infinity War. What if they introduced Adam Warlock in Endgame, and then he was part of reviving her? Like he was he was the reason that she was revived at all mm-hmm. in Endgame. Um, but of course they didn't do that, (laughs) but he had, he has the power to the soul, the soul world. Um, and so over time in the comics, Gamora developed feelings for Warlock and, uh, you know, they, they were reciprocated, but, uh, didn't seem to last beyond those storylines. So it was, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was one and done. Um, of course, Adam, uh, and Warlock portrayed by Will Poulter in the MCU. um, and again, no romantic link whatsoever in the film. And he's just a baby. So, you know, he's barely born. <laughs> and then uh, the near entire origin of his character uh, in the MCU has been changed. So who knows where he's going? Will we see him again? I don't know. I, I think there's a 50-50 chance. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> and then there's Richard Ryder nova who's perhaps the most prominent love interest for gamora in the comics
1: i wonder if we'll ever see him in the mcu uh
0: i think there's definitely a great chance for him <laughs> um so very quickly richard rider uh he received his powers from a dying nova Corps centurion by the name of roman day and so if that name sounds familiar at all roman day is portrayed by john c riley in volume one that's right yeah so in the comics, that character gave Nova, um, gave Richard Ryder his powers. So um it was, I think, I believe he was he was dying, and so he he imbued a random earther with his powers. And it happened to be Richard Ryder, and he became Nova. <laughs> and so, contrary to many a belief, Richard Ryder is Gamora's primary love interest. Um, When it comes to the source material. So those two met during the Annihilation War story that we mentioned earlier where she went head to head with uh, Ronan. And so in the beginning, it was it was more or less a lustful relationship wholly based on one thing um nice but nice. <laughs> and that's for gamora because apparently you know gamora is very risque in the comics um but but richard wanted more from her and she was just kind of like now nah, nah, i'm good we're, we're good as as this goes and so of course as fate would have it the duo were um were kind of like put through the ringer with one another and it really put their relationship to the test. And so they got infected with this thing called the transmode virus. And so it's something that I've mentioned the phalanx before, but the phalanx are essentially these techno, not hybrid, but techno organic alien race in the books. Mm -hmm. And so they almost look like motherboard, like motherboards. They're like, um, they're like, they can move and stuff, but they, they have that (laughs) very distinct pattern of metal and oh okay and so they're always they're always shown as like yellow for some reason i don't know why but anyway they got gamora and richard got this this virus and so she was she was essentially dying and then he wanted to save her then he got it too but then they both they were both cured at the end of the storyline and then she then questioned like well that brought us together but now we don't have to take care of each other so do i have to take care of him (laughs) she basically saw that there was no purpose to to be with him after they had they had both figured it out um and then of course the overlap of adam warlock in the picture and so richard really had some like doubts of like does she love me or does she Uh, or does she want to be with him and it turned into a love triangle um nevertheless they joined and rejoined the gardens guardians of the gardens of the galaxy (laughs) Do you remember that that outtake from volume 2?
1: Which one the Who
0: are the Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> it's like Guardians. That's what I said, just Guardians and it was Gardens of the Gal but it was Nebula who said it. Uh It's like an outtake. Oh my god, I just said it. So <laughs> they they rejoined the Guardians of the Galaxy together. And so they were sort of on and off for a while. I don't know where they are now because then the whole Peter Quill thing came back. And so then it changed from a love triangle between warlock and adam adam warlock richard rider and gamora Mm -hmm. to peter quill gamora and richard rider jeez i don't know what's happening anymore but needless to say there was no richard rider in the mcu uh i feel like the nova core is not over i feel like they're gonna come back in some way and i think richard rider is gonna be a big part of that i agree yeah yeah and so so i don't know who what we're in i don't know we'll see um, and then that brings us to other versions and in other media. So actually, this is quite quite a lot of the detail of this character is is in the other versions of her. Um, and so I wanted to cover this very quickly. Um, so there is a there is a character or variant of Gamora known as Madame Gamora, spelled like the biblical version. Yeah. Um, hailing from Earth three one one, and so. She's also regarded as Earth-1602. And so 1602, uh, we've only mentioned once in our What If episode, and that is because in season two of What If, they're introducing characters from Earth-1602. And so that is is that that is essentially an Earth that takes place in the year of the same name. So it's a character that comes from the year 1602. And so though canonically still 1602, Earth 616. <laughs> Jesus. So it's it's Earth 616 but in the year 1602. Um so that Gamora, uh her name is a derivative of the biblical version and that whole story is the Gamora of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so um. These are the the two ancient cities near the Dead Sea that were destroyed by God as punishment for the wickedness of their inhabitants. So they basically died for their sins, quite literally. And so that's from Genesis 19, 24. And so, you know, because that name is so it's such a it rings a lot of bells for for people who who know the the Bible and its stories but the spellings obviously so different so it was it was kind of a question for many people like is this supposed to be like yeah. is that what it is and so I I looked it up and the question was was Gomorrah as a character based on this biblical reference and so I found a a, a response from I believe a I don't know who it was but this fellow was, like, apparently a really nerdy paleontologist, which I was like, ha, huh, same. <laughs> and so he wrote this really good response um, to kind of answer that. And it also gives insight to, like, Gamora as a character as well as Jim Starlin. So... He answered, "Probably, it was probably intentional." So Jim Starlin, who created Gamora, is known for incorporating biblical themes into his stories and combining them with mythology and his own cynical twist. So it wouldn't surprise me if Gamora's name were a reference to the biblical city of Gamora. His comics are full of wordplay. The name of Gamora's people, the Zen Huberis, is thought to be a play on Zen Hubris. Mm. So, The illusion of Gamora makes more sense when you consider that in the original version of her backstory her people were wiped out by a group calling themselves the universal church of truth which cynically draws a parallel to the story of Gomorrah and God's judgment in fact the story in which Gomorrah first appeared was called the judgment Ah. and Jim Starlin often used his comics to express his frustration with Christianity and organized religion in general so this just might be another example however there are not many parallels between Gamora and Gomorrah. Beyond that, it is still unclear whether or not the biblical allusion was intentional. So, why is Gomorrah? There you go. There it is. Yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> there it is. So, it's very interesting. So, I never really looked at it that deeply, right? Because there are always like there are always names that kind of like ring a bell, and you're like, is that a blah blah? like Thor is a glaring one,
1: obviously, big one, yeah, big yeah, one, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. And of course that's of Norse mythology, but yeah, what about what about other religions and so? That really makes a lot of sense. So if you go back and read these galactic universe stories tons and tons and tons of references even with rocket raccoon yeah and they had that whole you know gideon's bible thing and how that was turned into a beetle song you know it's like okay there you go well, there it <laughs> is um but yeah i just thought that was really interesting and so there is an actual gamora based off of you know that biblical spelling yeah but, but that's more or less that's it um and so Another interesting version of the character, of course, is in the video games, and so while she's featured in a number of them, her two most recent appearances on mainstream platforms are Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity, which I love Mm -hmm. to talk about, um, as well as uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, where she's fantastic, as well as uh, Gamora's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, um, where she's voiced by Vanessa Marshall and Kimberly Kimberly Sue Murray. In an animation, she's got uh, a quite a few appearances, which is kind of surprising because, you know, again, I don't personally keep up with all the cartoon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got she's got so many appearances there, and um, and so there's the site called Behind the Voice Actors that features a list of nearly thirty people wow. who have played Gamora in some fashion in animation. But one of them stands out among the rest, and this, of course, is the portrayal of earth 32938 aka what if where she was voiced by cynthia mcwilliams in lieu of zoe Saldana. um so yeah we haven't yet we got sniped uh that her episode um her origin story in what if how she becomes what appears to be the version of thanos (laughs) in what if we didn't get to see that episode so it's going to be in season two um but yeah so hopefully that'll kick off the new season arriving at some point mm-hmm. don't even know if it's this year anymore but uh, yeah, i
1: don't know either i haven't seen or heard anything
0: nothing so so hopefully it's coming out uh in the in the next year um and that leaves us to <laughs> future of the character in the mcu and so easily said I believe we have seen the last of her. Gone. The war. She's gone. She's gone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We still have the what if version, but it's nothing. No, that's, I don't. That's a grain of salt in a giant ocean.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so
0: so she she, she I gone. Think this is the
1: first time we actually can say she's I gone. Don't, yeah. I don't think we're gonna see her. Never.
0: We're ever. never getting her. Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> that's really upsetting. Um. But yeah, that's it. That that's all it is. And so but another interesting fact before we finish here Mm -hmm. almost was this list is interesting (laughs) I you know because in my eyes you know Gamora is definitely one of those characters where I'm just like I could not see anybody playing her like it's really difficult especially with with what it all entails and so um, among the actresses tapped or at least auditioning for Gamora uh, were Gina Carano Of the Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Adrian Palicki, who ended up playing Bobby Morse in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Interesting. Rosario Dawson. Oh, wow. Claire Temple herself. Uh, Tandy Newton from Westworld. Okay. She's the mother of of Nico, who played um, Sarah in The Last of Us. Um, Elizabeth Banks. Uh, A.K.A. Betty Brant from (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, And of course, you know, Hunger Games and such. Um, Amanda Seyfried, who is the big one. She's the one that was like, yeah, I auditioned and it was not for me.
1: (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) And
0: I'm like thank you because <laughs> imagine i know she's not her character from from um mean girls mean girls no <laughs> she's not at all she's not her character from the theranos doc bio doc bio yeah pic. yeah but she is a fantastic actress i just couldn't imagine
1: yeah um, i agree
0: her as as gamora and then of course there is last but not least olivia wilde
1: I feel like she's like always in like the the, the bucket for a lot of these. Yeah, I think
0: they were trying really hard and then just like nothing fit. And I'm just kind of like, that's cool. I'm team flow anyway, so it doesn't (laughs) matter.
1: That's (laughs) crazy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So interesting, right? But they all have sort of the similarities of either very tall and and pretty athletic or slender with good hair kind of. Um, Yeah, I'm glad Zoe got it uh and then of course we got a listener question from ariel tima amanda seyfried was offered the role do you think she would have been a good fit <laughs> like
1: immediately like no
0: no no I'm not
1: saying that doesn't detract yeah. from her being an amazing actor, for sure yeah, yeah not at all i no. don't i just don't i i can't I, I can't put it no two and two together yeah
0: same here i think i think tandy newton would have been pretty good uh, but there's like, the you know, of course, there's a certain ferocity in the way that Zoe portrays pe- characters that yeah. it's so unique and specific to her. It's almost difficult to really find who measures up to her in that way. Like, forget about the physical looks yeah. and attributes. It's really about that, that. And I think that's what made her such a great candidate for the characters that she does have. And it's consistent with most of her characters, right? Um, like Columbiana is like, have you seen that movie? She's fantastic in yeah. that film.
1: I've s I have have not seen the movie, but I've yeah,
0: seen yeah, yeah. she's great in that film. And so um but there you know there are a few actresses that I think could have could have measured up, but I, I'm I think she's definitely still number one. Um Amanda she's been interesting, but definitely not my my top five let alone 10 i think um and so with that suggested reading so this was (laughs) this is kind of tough for me because i just wanted to be like everything um but i wanted to focus more on the 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 stuff that actually features her and she's not just in the background um so gamora the solo series uh 2016 from the team nicole perlman marco marco chichetto who's one of my favorite artists andres mosa and uh Ibik and then uh so that's that series explored the rewrite of Gamora's origin story mm-hmm. uh and her place with both Thanos and Nebula is really beautifully told and illustrated so definitely try that um Infinity Wars, and so that's the one where she's Requiem, uh, twenty seventeen, from Team Jerry Duggan and Mike Diadato Jr. Um, and yeah, so that's that's the one where she pursued the Infinity Gems and also wore the armor of an. So the armor. So I mentioned the armor, right? So it's it's yeah. very strange looking, but so it apparently belonged to a Nidavellir dwarf. who went by the name requiem and she went by the name requiem as a result of that so so yeah it's it's a very interesting story uh it's pretty short uh but a good read um Guardians of the Galaxy 2013 run from Brian Michael Bendis, Steve McNiven, John Dell, and Justin Ponser, as well as the 2018 run from Jerry Duggan, Aaron Cooter, Fraser Irving, Chris Samney, and Greg Smallwood. Um, And then I wanted to give an honorable mention to the 2021 Gamora and Nebula Sisters in Arms young adult novel, by Mackenzie Lee. So again, it's it's a complete opposite, right? There's no pictures. <laughs> so you have to use your imagination. And uh, it's pretty good. It, it, it takes place when they're a bit younger. They're both set out to compete against one another once again. It's all about the Grandmaster and Thanos just putting bets on who could, who could succeed between the two sisters. Um, and, and they they really go through the ringer, but it's, it's really fantastically written. Um, definitely suggest it. And so with that, that is the end of the show. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, our next episode. So again, our next, this is the timing is kind of, it's going to get a little wonky. So, oh, wow, it is. so our special on-site recording is our next episode at the natural history museum. So if you're in or around town and you come down, come join us live. Um, we'd love to have you on Mike a reminder. It's Friday, June 2nd and tickets are available at nhm.org slash first Fridays. And so that said um, it does take place on a Friday before our drop date so that could impact our published date so please stay tuned on social media just in case we end up releasing it a little bit later than usual but we promise it'll still be out um and then with that, a We Are group salute to Eve, Laura, Ashley, Claire, Katie, Andrea, the Arachnard, Ariel, Jaliz, Tyler, Sherry, Robin, Jenny, Andrew, Ed, Melanie, and Nats. Follow us on social at strkcntrst. And if you like what you hear, review, rate, and subscribe. Woo! That's the end of the show.
1: Once again, thanks for listening. And we will catch y'all in the next one.
0: Catch you later. Bye. Bye. The entire time I knew Thanos, he only ever had one goal. To bring balance to the universe by wiping out half of all life. He used to kill people planet by planet, massacre by massacre. Including my own. If he gets all six Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers like this. You seem to know a great deal about Thanos. Gamora. It was the daughter of Thanos.